For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to the Promised Land, a Manchester United podcast brought to you by 90 Min. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has officially been sacked by Manchester United after a 4-1 defeat to Watford. Form has been awful and now Oli has finally paid the price for it. There are some fans who are certainly delighted, but I am here today with Rob Blanchett, United season ticket holder and football journalist. To talk about it, I'm Scott Saunders and remember to subscribe to our show. We're on Apple, Spotify and Google Pods and follow us on Twitter for all of the latest reaction to the United Circus. You can find us at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promised Land MU. Rob, how are you feeling? Because... That was another chastening defeat at Watford. We're speaking just hours after Ollie's officially been announced as gone. Uh, it's been a weird day because I, I somebody uh, somebody recognised me when I was up, out buying a TV after it happened uh, and said, "How are you? Uh, how are you feeling about this? You must be delighted." And I I responded, well, "Not really. I don't I don't like to see a club legend like that lose his job. You know." Ollie is someone that I've grown up on, you know, loving and cheering on. Uh, it was obvious he was out of his depth, but, you know, it was a mixed emotions moment for me after all the anger and frustration of the last few weeks. So how are you feeling? How did you digest the news? Well, again, I think, you know, as a, as a supporter and as a journalist, I'm definitely kind of influenced by the, by the results business, kind of in terms of how football works. So I've been just waiting for this to happen now in the sense that in the last week or two, we knew that Manchester United were going to move Ole Gunnar Solskjaer on. And I had probably time to process it at that point. Uh, but today, of course, seeing Ole drive out of Carrington, you know, hugging fans and signing autographs and saying goodbye, it is a sad time. It's a sad moment. I don't feel sad for Ole in football terms because he failed. You know, at the end of it, he failed. And the tactics weren't great and Manchester United's results have collapsed. But, and there is a but when it comes to this, he healed many of the divisions and the problems that happened at Manchester United over the last two, three, four years. Uh, and he really kind of helped the owners in that way, you know, in terms of the stuff that was going on with the Glazers and continues to go on. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer focused things back in a Manchester United universe. You know, we wanted to see the team play well and do well. So, you know, I go back, Scott, to that period at the end of Mourinho where Ole came in and he had that 20 games where United were just electric. And I've been thinking a lot today about, you remember when Rio Ferdinand did the whole Ollie's at the wheel thing? Do you remember that on, uh, on, uh, on the TV? And I remember how I felt that day. And I felt like that that day. I did. I thought redemption. We've found a way to be better. We've found a way to be more like us. Unfortunately, you know, when he needed to step up this season with the new transfers, it didn't work. The, the tactics were not good enough. They were stale. They were stagnant. And unfortunately, when you get to that point, the only thing that happens in football is that the manager gets sacked. The club made a statement on 
Sunday morning, if you're in the UK, or wherever you're listening to us, I'm sure that obviously the time will be different, but I think it came through about 10.30 a.m. on Sunday morning, perhaps communicated uh, on the evening before, but the, the club have seemingly been working on this for a little while now. The club then put out a statement which was heartfelt in a sense. The club said, Ollie will always be a legend at Manchester United and it is with great regret or with regret that we've reached this difficult decision. While the past few weeks have been disappointing, they should not obscure all the work he's done over the past three years to rebuild the foundations for long-term success. Uh, there were other things in that statement, but we'll get to them soon. Uh, Rob, let's talk about the success part. Do you, you mentioned that he failed, but I'm guessing that was in reference to the last couple of months. Overall, over Ollie's reign, how do you reflect on it? Do you feel like he did the job he was meant to do and perhaps he not outstayed his welcome, but perhaps went on a little bit too long? Well, football fans have short memories. You know, they really do. So you have to kind of wind it back to day one of the Solskjaer tenure of where we were. And the football club itself was riddled. It was in a really bad position with that previous manager that was there. So... Again, you know, Jose Mourinho left Manchester United with trophies under his in, under his arm saying, you know, he'd won X, Y and Z. But there was no doubt that the club was fractured and Ole was given this team and was told to rebuild it and find a way. And we all knew that it wasn't a quick job. So I think that for those opening seasons, maybe seasons one, two and three, going through the complete campaigns, I think that he has found ways to push United forward, but never with the maybe the vigour or the verve that Manchester United fans really desire that they need. There's always been hiccups. That's what I'm trying to say, Scott. And I think this year was the final hiccup, you know, that really strangled United and there was no way back. Uh, United had a good transfer window. And I think for me, you know, when, when you sign Ronaldo, sign Varane, sign Sancho, there is then no space for failure. So I think that in years to come, we will look back and history will dictate that that Ole did a lot of good for Man United, you know, and I think he's a guy that really does care about the football club. And I think that that's a good blueprint to follow in future, that whoever comes in isn't a mercenary, but someone who can do the job, but also understands what Manchester United is as, as a football institution and as fans, as what we are, what we look for every week. So... It's a kind of now let's wait and see where can United go next. I think Ole's time was up and I think he just was a little bit short in what he needed to do tactically, kind of as basic as it gets. So we've spoken on past episodes in recent weeks all about the decision process about this because it was it was always going to happen. Let's, let's, let's keep it real here. It, it was always going to happen. Even in the early weeks of the season, we've been on here, Rob. I think we might have, at a push, even said that United have played well once this season. And that was in perhaps the Leeds game. Even in the Newcastle match where United won 4-1 and Ronaldo was back and everyone was jumping for joy and all this kind of stuff. There were still little suggestions in that performance that United hadn't played that well. So I think things started really to turn when... Aston Villa came to Old Trafford and won. I think they then went five games in a row without winning or losing all five, and then they ended up sacking their manager. Villa acted decisively. Uh, other clubs, you probably think if Ollie was at Chelsea or if Ollie was at another club that 
were a little bit more forthright in making decisions rather than just watching something unfold and then thinking, what the hell do we do about this? You know, United have had warning signs. So the very fact that United have now, in this statement, opted to suggest that, I'm just going to get this and say it as it is, Michael Carrick will now take charge of the team for the forthcoming games while the club looks to appoint an interim manager to the end of the season. Now, that to me... And the entire last few weeks, the fact that they've known since for the, for the entirety of the season that the, the club haven't been playing well, they knew weeks ago that Aston Villa beat them at Old Trafford. Performances haven't been there. They've been battered by Liverpool. They've been battered by Manchester City. They've been battered by Watford and an international break has come in between. My anger and my frustration personally has always been there with the ownership, but the very fact that they've waited until one game after the international break thinking that the Watford game would have been the one to save Ollie, And now they've reacted to this and changed the manager two days out before a game, two or three days out, because United play Villarreal in the Champions League in midweek before Chelsea on, I think, Saturday or Sunday next weekend. They don't have an idea. They don't have a clue what they're doing. So, you know, we, we always, we've always known that the Glazers and the, the fact that Edward Wood's still there is a big problem, but this... This is now reflecting on them, isn't it? Do you think? Absolutely. I think this is a collective failure. So now when I, you know, kind of lay the door there at Ole with the tactics, I think that that's kind of the way football works is that there's a tactical issue. You know, we've not even got to the point, Scott, where we're talking about the players because I think the players are part of this conundrum. But it really does start upstairs. And, you know, we've now had uh, a long period since Sir Alex Ferguson left the football club. And in that time, We've had David Moyes, who's doing quite well now. We've uh, had Louis van Gaal, who's now back as Holland manager and head honcho there. And we've got Jose Mourinho. And they tried a different direction with Ole. And I think it was really important for them in terms of this project that they were trying to go back to something that, that looked like success from the ground up, you know, looking at the Ferguson model. And it hasn't worked. And, you know... It's down to Ole to direct the ship. And I think this is why I say that I don't feel sad for him because I think in football terms, this final part of the jigsaw has fallen away. And it happens so often in football. You know, you get a manager who builds for one, two, three, four years. And then when you get to that final punch, you know, it's kind of gruesome. It just kind of just stops and collapses. And Manchester United's football this year has collapsed. Let's let's make no bones about it. You know, good result on day one against Leeds United and all the other performances, there's been something wrong or the other. It's either been horrendous or bad, somewhere in between that. So I don't think Ole could have survived it. And I think when you look at the Glazers now, it's like what card do they pull next? What do they try and do? Um, and I'm not quite sure that they know. Why? Because they gave Ole a contract all of three months ago. That severance has now been agreed. And obviously that will be a, a private matter between manager and club. But it's now about what direction do United want to go in? And I think they probably will want to carry on the same model. But I don't really think they know how they're going to do that at the moment. They've got options, but some of them are stranger than others. We will kind of discuss that later on in the show. But it's a now kind of wait and see. I think that they've sacked the manager simply because that really bad result against Watford and they could not be seen to kind of be sitting on their hands any longer. You mentioned there we'll talk about the, the future a little bit later in the show. Maybe look at the immediate future now. 
So Michael Carrick has been put in charge for the time being, I think assisted by Darren Fletcher, but noticeably, Ollie is the only one, from what I understand, to depart. So most, and me personally, I, I point the finger at the very fact that the coaching staff that are currently at the club have not done enough to get the best out of the players. The performances have been languid and awful. The effort levels aren't there. And have the Glazers just used Ollie as a fall guy and now they're just hoping that, oh, we've made that decision now. Uh, and, oh, look, here's another former player who can just step in and just take the heat off us a little bit. Michael Carrick. Do you... There's two difficult games coming up against Villarreal and Chelsea. Do you think anything will change? Because, obviously, Carrick might have his own ideas, but they've all been culpable in this, all the coaches. They've all been culpable, but then so have the players. So, you know, what do you do? Sack all the players. You know, I think this is the whole, this is the kind of thing when things go wrong at a football club and about accountability. So when it's a football issue or a, or a results issue, it has to come down to the manager, unfortunately. But of course, it's not just the manager, is it? That's never the way, but it's how it works. So, you know, one of the things that, we heard uh, before was about the system. So we know that Ole wants to play 4-2-3-1, but he did want to change to a more progressive 4-3-3. It was something that he was he was very keen on. He'd, he'd been vocal about it. And it never really happened. We saw it happen in games, but it didn't really manifest itself. He stuck with 4-2-3-1. And it only changed when that 4-2-3-1 collapsed, collapsed so badly after the rena- uh, arrival of Ronaldo that he then was forced to change things. Now, what we heard at the time was that the coaches, and Carrick being one of those, wanted to move away from a 4-2-3-1 and wanted to try three at the back. And Ole was adamant he didn't. He did, and it looked good for all of about 90 minutes or maybe 120 minutes. And then Ole changed it again in the next match. So he has to take that responsibility. He gets that choice. He gets the veto of saying, no, this is how we're going to play because that's my job. I have to decide that. So now what might we see under Michael Carrick? You know, we might see the Manchester United that has actually been coached to do something different, but the manager was grating against it. We'll now see who the real problem is, if that makes sense. Was it Ole? Was it certain senior players? Was it the coaching? You know, is the coaching inadequate? You know, these are all kind of more expansive questions than just yes, no's, because we're not on that training pitch. You know, you can't judge people when you don't see stuff. All you can judge it on is the football itself. The football hasn't been good enough. And I do think that collectively that the coaching staff will eventually be let go. I think that's probably the way way it will be. But they've all signed contracts. It's not something you can negotiate overnight. You have to get rid of the manager first. And that was what was negotiated. And I think that was done last week rather than, than yesterday. When they talked about that extraordinary meeting being held, I don't believe that. I think it was already decided. And that was just for the press. And that was just how it was. And then, of course, we've got the announcement today. So let's see what Carrick can do. And I would not be surprised that if Carrick does well, United fans don't want to hear this, but if Carrick does well, you might be getting a bit more of Michael Carrick than you wanted. And I think the, the, the Glazers will ideally would want to bring in a new manager, but in next summer, and you could see that Carrick might hold the fall all the way through to next summer, or at the very least till around Christmas or that Christmas period. It does scream like that to me, actually, because I know that they've said in this statement that they will give Carrick one or two games, maybe. I think there's a gap between the Chelsea and Arsenal games that are coming up. Uh, 
<laughs> I can see it happening because I think the Glazers have probably found it. They, I'm sure they've touched base with other managers and found it a little bit difficult to convince somebody to step in mid-season. I think Zinedine Zidane has been linked quite consistently. We've spoken about him over the last few weeks on this pod as well, along with a number of other names. But it's a long time. <laughs> it's a long season. You know, how, how many of the games have they played? 12 games. It's a long season to have somebody like Michael Carrick in there for. Uh, with, again, no... He literally has less top-level or less managerial experience than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer did, did when he came in. So I think the Glazers would probably love it if Carrick could just st- uh, steady the ship and end up getting a top-four place. But is that a realistic possibility? I don't know. So what are there, from your perspective, Rob, are there other alternatives... Who would they? Who should they be looking for for the rest of the season if it's not going to be Michael Carrick? Because I'm sure we'll do a show on like candidates in the future because it does seem like United are going to do an interim to an interim to a permanent over the next what nine months or something like that, and see where things go from there. But there's a real lack of options out there, right? So, <laughs> are there any names that particularly pop up to you, or do you think Carrick is a good option? There are plenty of options. So a lot of people have said this today. They go, oh, there's no one for the job. This is one of the biggest managerial jobs in the world. So when a Real Madrid job comes up or a Barcelona job, no one ever says there's no one for it. There's plenty of people for it. It's just about timing and about how you execute and what you're looking for. So I think with Manchester United, it's about dealing the short term, the mid term and the long term now. Like, how do you do it? How do you get your long term project back on track? Because effectively, the guy that you expected to steer it, you've just sacked him, you've given him some money and said goodbye, you've gone back to Norway. Thanks a lot. So in the short term, you probably do just have to have one of the staff do it. So it wasn't really going to be Mike feeling. I don't think that would have been acceptable. Um, so they've looked at Carrick. So Michael Carrick, I think, is a good uh, kind of borderline name in the sense that the coaching will still continue. Nothing really changes, does it? Ole's gone. And there might well have been a feeling from within the camp and from within the club, this is speculation, that the issue was the manager, the manager's final decision, not the actual coaching, not the actual preparation, but the final decisions on who played and who didn't. I'm kind of referring to the likes of Donny van der Beek and Jadon Sancho. It'll be interesting to see what Carrick does differently because I think we'll see it, won't we, immediately in that first selection. You know, if United come out and play 4-2-3-1, exactly the same as Ole did before, no, no change in the playing staff or anything like that, then, of course, we can kind of say, well, yeah, this, this looks very samey. You're part of the problem here. I would not be surprised to see United play a completely different system against Villarreal and something that was maybe plan B at Manchester United, but it's never, we've never seen it. And I think Carrick himself is is a kind of tactical guy. He's that he's that way thinking he was as a player. And that's why he's so highly rated as a coach behind the scenes. But of course, he's been tainted by this period, as, as have all of them. So I think he'll have a chance to maybe prove that he is a good coach and that there is something there in, in the way he deals with players. Whether he can actually do anything, I don't know. It's the same with Ole. He came in, didn't he, after Mourinho? And a lot of people said the same thing then. They were like, oh, no, he hasn't got the experience, blah, 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 blah. United went on the best 20-game run we've probably seen in eight years. You know, they played amazing football. I was there at those games. This is why, you know, Rio Ferdinand was singing Ole's at the wheel on TV because of these things. 
So you do get a bounce sometimes. And I think that's what United's board are relying on. They want to see a little bit of a bounce. But if it doesn't happen, then they need to find someone fast. They, they really do not want a second interim. They don't want that. They don't want to repeat what they did after Mourinho. They've said this. This has come out of the football club. So they need to find their immediate replacement. And I think this is where, you know, we look at Rodgers. Rodgers has a break clause for a Champions League club. Zidane is available. He said no to the club last week, but that can change if we put some more money in his lap. And then there are other potential player manager choices, which I don't even really want to go into because I've had a lot of flack already today talking about Cristiano Ronaldo. So they have options and there are plenty of other managers out there, Scott. If they really wanted them, they could go and get them. But it's just whether they fit what the Glazers want to do. If you want someone like Ralph Raniak, you could literally go and get him tomorrow. You know, a proper generational coach who's got amazing coaching ideas. Will United go and get that kind of coach? I doubt it. Do you think there is that much uh, intelligence within the club to know, that, oh, we should, we should actually go out and get a coach who can actually get the most out of these players, these expensive signings that we've bought over the past, however long it's been, eight years or whatever. I'm not sure how many of the players are still there from the Moyes years. I'm trying to think of off the top of my head, but... I'm going down a rabbit hole here. Let's let's talk about the players though themselves because obviously there's been a lack of effort, I want to say. There's been a lack of cohesion over the last few weeks. There's been it it seems like we spoke about this on this show, as I keep referencing, that the players like Ollie and they have liked him and they've wanted the best for him. But it did seem to me that there was a I can't pinpoint exactly when it was, but there was perhaps a loss of belief in his methods, even if they did like him. And, you know, they, you've seen players like Marcus Rashford, Harry Maguire, and the likes of these other players as well. I think Brandon Williams did something who've come out and they've, you know, spoken about their admiration for Ollie and how he gave them a chance and all this kind of stuff. But it's, there's, there's a difference between liking a guy and then believing in what he's doing. Uh, United need a coach who can get the most out of these players now, don't they? But we'll see what Michael Carrick can do. I mean, I'm sure the preferred option is the if they could just stick with Michael Carrick for the for the duration of the season and he goes on a magical run like Ollie did. But 12 games gone, six points, I think it's six points off the top four. In the context of the season, United are not out of it yet. Title is probably gone, but if United go and beat Chelsea next weekend by some kind of miracle, they're nine points behind Chelsea. So it's a... It's a winding road. The Champions League is still there for them. Uh, and we'll just see how it goes. But I mean, I just want to come back to the players. Again, a rabbit hole. It's been a long day. Uh, let's talk about the players because Bruno Fernandes went over to the away fans yesterday uh, at Watford. And obviously after you, you lose 4-1 to Watford, who are probably one of the worst teams in the Premier League, you're going to get a mixed reaction at best from a, from a traveling support who've come down, you know, hundreds of miles or whatever it is. So there was some echoes of booze and this kind of stuff as Ollie went to, you know, go and applaud the fans and hold his hands up for responsibility. And Bruno was quick to point towards himself and all of the players who were just as culpable in this as Ollie was and Ollie and the coaching staff was, but the players haven't been showing it. How did you react to what Bruno did there? Because if they really wanted to take the flak or, you know, 
help Ollie out, <laughs> surely just try harder, right? What did you make of his reaction? Um, I wasn't really down with it, to be honest. You know, I think it's all very well. You know, like uh, I saw it a little bit differently in the sense that when Ole went over to the fans, the fans cheered him and clapped him and applauded him. And that's why he kind of put his hands up to say thank you and sorry. And it was quite clear, I think, as well, that at that point, the game is over. You know, like this is the end of a, of a, of a boss's tenure. And the players were with him and Bruno kind of signaled to say, you know, we're all in this together. But I think you have to rewind a little bit all the way back to pre-season when Ole talked about 4-3-3 and pressing. Now, he was quite acute about it, about how he wanted to play. He wanted to now take United to the next level by playing 4-3-3, of course, assistant at Liverpool play and City play. And he was going to show that his team could do those things and be on that level and be on par and challenge for the title. Scott, we didn't see it once. We've not seen it once since then, all the way through from that moment in pre-season where they did do it in pre-season a little bit, two or three games, and it looked quite good. Van der Beek looked quite comfortable in that midfield setup, and, and it looked positive. You know, It looked like United could do this in the Premier League, and they haven't done it. And every week, slowly but surely, they've become more negative, more conservative, less akin to playing 4-3-3, more defensive, deeper, less pressing. And I don't like the words less effort, but just more confused. So this team has been told in the summer, we're going to press and be a 4-3-3 team. And then the tactics kind of show that that's not what's happening. And I think for Ole, you know, again, going to get a lot of flack for it but if you have a striker that doesn't press from the top it can affect every other position on the pitch and I feel that that's what I've seen as a United fan as a journalist this season and I think that's where the direction from the players has gone I think that's where the players have gone hang on we had a plan several months ago we've been building towards that plan it's no longer the plan and we we haven't we haven't got a shape or a system to make it work they played 4-2-3-1 this year, primarily. They know how to play 4-2-3-1, but the cracks have been there from the top end of the pitch. And I just don't think Ole is a talented enough coach to, to fix that. I think that's where we've come to, is that he's a good coach. I don't think he's awful, but he just didn't have maybe that, that last kind of world-class acumen to get him over the line to fix this issue that's come up this season. Because United should have been playing 4-3-3 and they should have been pressing, Scott. If you don't press in the Premier League, you will lose matches. And Manchester United have lost plenty of matches. These things are not coincidences. They're real-time football issues and Ole's not been able to fix it. I might ask you for this in a, in a second. I think you might have referenced it already uh, and how you felt when Ole won that game in Paris and... Rio slammed the desk and said, give him the contract to sign, give him whatever he wants. Uh, I think the club acted a bit too early with, and I said this at the time, I think the club acted a bit too early with uh, giving Oli the long-term deal. And, you know, I think that, to be fair to him, he probably did deserve his chance to get that extra, extra little bit of time. Well, a lot of time. But, uh, the, the doubt was always there for me. I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of fans who share this sentiment that they like seeing Ollie there at the club and in charge. But while he was doing a good job over the course of his tenure with correcting the bad energy that was at the club under Mourinho, he did that. You can argue it's reversed over the last few weeks and months, uh, given the forms dropped off and everything that's gone with it. But 
overall, I think Ollie did has done a good job. And I'm going to ask you this question in a second to kind of summarize it, Rob. But the doubt was always there for me. And I've mentioned it many times on various platforms that I feel like Ollie has done a good job, but the acid test for him was always, could he take them two titles? And the doubt was always there that he might not be able to do it. And that's how it's turned out. That's exactly how it's turned out. And if you remove the last two months or whatever, I think you could probably look back on this uh, tenure as manager and think it's been a relative success given the expectations that were on his on his back when he did come in. I'm going to ask you that question in a second, but I just wanted to run through a, a statement from Must, uh, Man United Supporters Trust, on Ollie's departure, which was quite nice. We, we send our heartfelt thanks to Manchester United legend Ole Gunnar Solskjaer for his tireless efforts over the past three years. However difficult this season has been, he's embodied the true spirit of the club, restoring its pride and reminding us that there is nothing on earth like being a red. We wish him nothing but the best in his future endeavours. Yet again, pressure is on the Manchester United owners and board. United's might once bridged footballing and commercial realms in recent years have shown us, however, that no amount of experience with the latter can compensate for the lack of it with the former. It does go on. And I think that hits it quite well, to be honest. And the the attention should look at the Glazers now. They have a big decision to make with whichever manager they choose next. But I'm just going to come back to you on the Ollie point and the summary of his reign. Are you not in a better place now than when he took over? Yes, 100%. No doubt. You know, as I said before, football fans do have short memories. And that whole period under the previous manager was really black. It really was. And the stuff coming out of the football club was horrendous. The stuff we were hearing from players and contacts was really bad. And, you know, part of that was a manager angling to get out of the football club to get his payday with his contract and move on. And he got it because that's kind of what he wanted. He achieved that. But that's not where we are with Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, is it? You know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer would have kept going all the way till the very end. You know, he, if he'd been given to the end of the season, he would have kept fighting. And I've said it before, he's a survivor and he's a guy who, who communicates with his players and tries to get that through to them. But of course, it's not reflected in results. And that is really all that matters. So I think that the club is in a much healthier state that forever, whoever comes in now as the next coach has a good grounding in terms of the squad of what they've got to perform better. And to be fair, even the previous managers, like, you know, when Mourinho took over from Van Gaal, there was issues with the squad. When Van Gaal took over from Moyes, there were issues with the squad. When Moyes took the squad over from Fergie, there were issues with the squad. I think now that you have a much stronger, more robust setup with the players, it's about finding the right tactics. And, Look, you're still going to have to go out and buy players. You know, this is not a finished article. You know, this Man United team is going to need some more work on it now. It's just natural when you bring in a new coach, he's going to want different kinds of players. But what you do need is someone who can get United tactically moving. Because I think that's been the big downfall, Scott, is that for all of their individual brilliance and the great goals and the last-minute winners and the fighting and all of this stuff, it, you know, it's not as good as being boring and winning 3-0. Like, this is the whole balance. You have to kind of be somewhere in the middle. Uh, you want to play the United way. You want to be exciting. You want the fans to kind of appreciate what's going on on the football pitch. But you also got to be serious. You also got to be sportsmen. You've got to find ways to calculate to beat teams. And I think that's probably where this has fallen away for, you, for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is that his 
philosophy of wanting to play 4-3-3 and a pressing system. That was his idea. That was what he wanted. Did he get that idea? No. And there'll be a reason for that. But we might not learn that until even more, say, several months down the line or seeing what a new manager will do. Um, I don't think United want to go down the interim route. And this is why I think with Carrick, we'll see if it's stick or twist. If they do well, I think it'll be fine and they'll stick with it. But do you remember with Ryan Giggs? Ryan Giggs was an interim and he had a great first game, awful second game, really, really kind of nondescript third game. It was gone and done and finished. It was like, that's that done. And I think people thought Giggs, he might get the job at that point. They really did. You know, I thought that he might get the full-time job. So I don't think Carrick will get the job. And I think also, even if he does well, I think United fans will be suspicious of that. You know, like with Ole doing one of that first 20 games, it's kind of what, well, you know, this is not, a blueprint for the future. This is just kind of treading water for now. Stay in the Champions League, try and get back in the top four, try and find a way. The FA Cup starts soon, obviously. Um, so there are opportunities for Manchester United still to win trophies. And I think that's why he's gone now. I, I said to you, I think last week or the week before, that it's sacking season. That's where we are. We're in sacking season. And Ole's kind of proved that he probably can't take the team any further forward now. I think my main issue with it really is that and we spoke about this on last week's show, but the very fact that they've just had two weeks to think, oh, this might not be working. We should probably think about what we're going to do next. And I'm sure that they've done some background work and this kind of stuff, but they've gone into a Watford game thinking, oh, it might be okay. Everything might just, you know, we can paper over the cracks if we beat Watford 1-0 before they go to Stamford Bridge and then lose to a rampant Chelsea team at the moment. You know, They've had time to do it. And now they've made this decision after David De Gea has come out and said, we don't know what to do with the ball. We don't know how to defend properly. That has been there for weeks. That has been evident during all the defeats and the the poor performances over the last few weeks. The very fact that De Gea actually came out and admitted it is, I applauded him for that, but I don't know whether <laughs> whether it was uh, it was the right thing to do. I'm just kind of frustrated at the the very fact that this board have been caught on the hop again. And that's where my anger and my frustration is going to go. That's the direction it's going to go in. Ollie was obviously, I think he's been a fall guy. Ollie was obviously, he came in and he was expected to steady the ship and take them as far as he could. But now they think the fact that they've sacked him now, two days out from another game, just reflects so badly on the people making these decisions and the fact that they don't have somebody as an alternative to come in when there's been warning signs there for weeks on end. You know, that safety blanket for the Glazers is gone. I think the the real vitriol and the frustrations are going to go back towards them now as it as it always should be. But Rob, if you had to pick one, one decision to make right now, whether that is an interim for the rest of the season, as the club said in their statement, actually, uh, an interim for the rest of the season, or if, if they could go and pick one manager from World Football to take over in one week's time or two weeks' time, what would you do? <laughs> I would. <laughs> they, they need some guidance. I'm sorry I'm putting you on the spot here. I, I said they need before, some guidance. I will give you my football opinion as a football journalist and a football fan and someone who loves Manchester United. So if I had, you know, this is a dream scenario and I'm allowed to do all these things and I can pick them, I would keep Carrick in charge until I got the guy I wanted. And the guy that I would go and get 
would really be kind of it'd be a very short short list. So for me, it would be Ranić. He'd be the guy that I would like to see next come in. He definitely is not going to get the job, by the way. I think then you would be looking at someone like Ten Hag, at least to kind of explore it, to go down that route, that that would be a long-term option and you were trying different things. I still don't know if Ten Hag is the right choice, but he would be a guy I'd like to talk to. Um, and then also Brendan Rodgers, whose stock is at an all-time low, probably since he left Liverpool. So <laughs> this is like, you know, a lot of United fans are looking at all these things and there'll be some people go, well, I've never heard of Ranić. Who's Ranić? I don't watch Ajax and I don't like Brendan Rodgers because he was a, he was the Liverpool coach once upon a long ago. I think in reality terms, it's going to be Zidane. So Zidane saying no last week to Manchester United doesn't really mean a lot. What it means is that they didn't give him the deal that he wanted and didn't give him the terms that he wanted. Well, now Man United will have to show their hand because he knows exactly where United stand and they need a coach. So we know that Zidane is learning English and we know that Zidane could be preparing himself to move to England in that uh, in that way, obviously, Manchester United being the obvious choice there. But is he the right coach? <sighs> I don't think United need a Galactico. I don't think United needed a Galactico last summer. And I don't think they need to now increase the level of Galacticos at Manchester United as a solution to the Galacticos. So this is a problem, you see. So this is why I think where the Glazers go around in circles, because they know they get Zidane, they'll be able to do what you just said there, Scott, the opposite, and say, it's not our fault. You know, we've brought Zidane in now, and then Zidane will take over, and he'll either do well or not do well. And when he doesn't do well or whatever, they'll say, it's not our fault. You know, we gave the manager money. We did this. We did that. The other. It's just, you know, it's this kind of passing on of responsibility. So I think we're going to see now as well about how good a kind of director Murto is. Because Murto came, you know, was promoted within the football club to give direction on exactly this matter. So we know that Darren Fletcher is director of football, but that's not really an executive role. But we know Murto is the guy who might be able to have influence in this. So is he going to bring in a coach, Scott? Or is he just going to bring in someone to basically fluff the numbers? You know, someone that's just going to shut United fans up. So people said that Ole was a, a puppet and a yes man and all of this. I honestly don't believe that. Again, people that work from behind the scenes said that Ole was very strong in his directives and how he wanted the team to go. And he helped build that. And, and I think it helped. I think it got them somewhere. But I want the next coach to kind of carry on a project and actually build Manchester United. I'm not interested in short-term success, but the Glazers are, and lots of fans are. You know, they're interested about the next six months. Like you just mentioned the Villarreal game. It could not be anything further from my brain. It really couldn't. Like today is a, is, a, is a hard day for United fans and a sad day. And some United fans are celebrating like they've won the Champions League. And... I want the next coach who comes in to be the right coach or someone at least who will give some long-term benefits to this squad. I do think that Zinedine Zidane will be <laughs> the actual commercial dream for someone like Ed Woodward and you know the people who are in charge of United that have brought celebrities to Old Trafford. Uh, in a, in a sense, so, you know, they want the they want the big names. They want all this kind of business, and I think. The, the rumour is, or the, the talk is, that Zidane wants the France job and he's not in a rush to come back to club management. If that's a short-term solution, I guess I can get on board with it. But we will see. Uh, the 
the cover so muddled at the moment, but they have just released, uh, as we've been on air, we're recording this uh, ahead of a release later on Sunday night. Ollie has actually sat down with the club and done media. Uh, so I'm just going to read out some of the stuff that he said. Uh, I think he's done it with Stuart Gardner from MUTV. Ollie, this is a sad day for a lot of people who admire you, but you've chosen to speak. So I'm just going to read out one, one paragraph. This is exclusive to Rob as well. You know what this club means to me and what I wanted to achieve here for the club, the fans, for the players, for the staff. I wanted us to take the next step to challenge for the league, to win trophies. And I only think it's right that it comes from the horse's mouth. I don't want to answer all. There's going to be journalists asking me about interviews, but no, I'm not going to do any interviews. I wanted, I want to get it out there. I'm going to leave by the front door because I think everyone knows I've given everything for the club. This club means everything to me and together we're a good match, but unfortunately I couldn't get the results we needed and it's time for me to step aside. So it does. We'll, uh, we'll read that when we stop recording shortly, but um, you know, you can read that on United's website and I'm sure that will travel everywhere by the time this episode is released. The very fact that he recognizes he's now got to step aside, you know, maybe it was a mutual agreement. Who knows? Uh, but United have made the decision to kick Ollie out and, it's it's kind of nice to see that he's actually sat down this video of it as well. It's nice to see that he's addressed it outright and he's, you know, re- reinforced that he's a fan who's always wanted the best for the club. And I think that myself and you, Rob, as United fans and working in football can recognise that as well. It's just the very fact that Ollie was, he just came up short, I think. And it was the right time to make a change, even if, it's a few weeks too late for me. Uh, we're going to leave out the uh, the successor stuff and all this business because the club have no idea what they're doing by the seams of it. And we will have a chance by next recording on, I'm guessing, Wednesday after the Villarreal game. The club have to do, face that, do have to face that, by the way, Rob. I know you said that you wasn't ready to think about it, but they do have to face that. Uh, I'm sure that we'll be able to break down potential successes and that kind of stuff in more detail in the next episode of the Promised Land podcast. Uh, anything you want to say to round off, Rob, as we uh, go and think about what's happened today? No, I think those words show that that's mutual consent. And again, we knew this last week. So we knew that it would be mutual consent. We know that, that it would be a case of agreeing a compensation package. And those things do take time. And I, I, I'm not going to kind of... Um, let the Glazers off or anything like that. But do not be surprised if they do pull a rabbit out of the hat because, you know, for, for them, it will be about producing someone like a Zidane. And we've just sat here and said, well, we're not sure if that's the right choice. But to the Glazers, that is the right choice. That's what they see as their model of Manchester United being this kind of Galactico Disneyland. That's what they want. So it's not what I want as a football guy, as someone who kind of wants to see United build tactically and build a, a sound base for, for the future squad. But I think that's what we're going to get. And we think that they haven't got an idea. To them, they think they've got all the ideas. They really do. They think that they've looked at plan A, B, C, D and E. And this is the time to hang Ole out to, to dry. They're doing MUTV interview. It all sounds very nice. Thank you very much. Big hugs and cuddles and goodbye. And oh, look, here's a Dan. So I think that's kind of the way they'll do it is that there'll be a little bit of shock and awe factor here with the Glazers. And like I said, if it's something they haven't negotiated with another manager yet from the last few weeks and they haven't got to where they want to be, then, of course, Michael Carrick is there just to kind of tide it over. And you might see that he gets a few games again. 
results, I think, will kind of depend on how quickly or slowly these things move. But a sad day, I think, in terms for Ole, as I said, he's a United man. He's a legend. He'll always be remembered at United. It all will have a place in our hearts at the football club. Um, but it's the right time. It's the right time to go now. And the project starts again. Thank you very much for listening, everyone. Uh, mad day, mad weekend, mad few weeks for Manchester United fans and everyone involved with the club. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has officially lost his job as Manchester United manager. Uh, this has been the Promised Land podcast. We're going to be back, as I mentioned, it later in the week to perhaps reflect on this, digest the news and see how United respond to it. Uh, Villarreal and Chelsea are up in the next few days and uh, Rob, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens and we'll see if any uh, progress is made on a potential successor, whether that be interim or long term. Remember to subscribe to our show on Apple, Spotify and Google Pods, wherever you get them. Uh, and follow us on Twitter. You can find us at underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B, and at Promised Land MU. Thank you very much, everyone. I hope you can detach yourself from football a little bit and, you know, get away a little bit, relax, and not think about this mess that United have created for themselves. But thanks for listening, and we'll see you soon. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.